Hi there, I'm Gavin Crawford. I'm a writer, an actor, and a comedian. And for the last eight or nine years, I have been navigating life with my mother's increasing dementia. Has it been sad? Yeah. Has it been funny? Also, yeah. That's what my brand new podcast series, Let's Not Be Kidding, is about. It's the true story of my life as a comedian, my mom, and dementia. Let's Not Be Kidding, with me, Gavin Crawford. A new seven-part series from CBC Podcasts, available now. This is a CBC Podcast. If you aren't sick right now with the sniffles or a cold or a cough or maybe COVID, chances are you know somebody who is. Winter bugs are spreading here. Meanwhile, on the other side of the world, China is enjoying its first winter in years without COVID restrictions, but with that comes the spread of illness there as well. Reports of an outbreak of pneumonia in children in China have been gaining attention around the world. It's been dubbed the white lung syndrome. Outbreaks are now being reported in parts of Europe, with Denmark calling the spike in cases an epidemic. Dr. Isaac Bogosh is an infectious disease specialist at University Health Network in Toronto. Doctor, good morning. Great to chat, Matt. Great to have you back on the program. What exactly is this white lung syndrome? Well, for starters, if you hear a medical professional call it a white lung syndrome, that's a great litmus test that they don't know what they're talking about. Good to know. This is, <laughs> it's just pneumonia. It's pneumonia. So they're talking about something called mycoplasma pneumoniae pneumonia. So the technical term of the bug, the organism, the bacteria is called mycoplasma pneumoniae, and it causes a pneumonia syndrome. Pneumonia is an infection of the lungs. It can cause fever, it can cause cough, it can cause shortness of breath. If you do a chest x-ray, you can see signs in the lungs of infections in the lungs. It's as simple as that. There's no mystery about mycoplasma pneumonia. We've known about this for a long, long time. It's one of the more common causes of bacterial pneumonias in around the world. We see it, uh, of course, in Canada, as it's seen elsewhere around the world. We know how to diagnose it, we know how to treat it. And yes, there is more of it right now in certain parts of the world. Um, yeah, just like there's a lot of other circulate, uh, circulating organisms like circulating viruses in many parts of the world right now. So aside from the, the, the name that has been applied to it, um, what do we know about what's going on in China? This is in children largely, and I guess partially people, aside from the name, are paying attention to this because they're concerned that it might be something new. Yeah, and I, and and totally real reasonable as well. So on November 21st, on what's called ProMed Mail, which is a global infectious disease surveillance network, there was a report of a large outbreak of uh, respiratory illness in kids in northern China. And again, Matt said without an, zero xenophobia, zero racism, nothing of the sort. But when you hear of you know, mysterious illness, pneumonias, respiratory distress in China among a large number of people, you know, obviously it raises a red flag. We've just been through uh, COVID, which was horrendous. We know what happened with SARS in 2003. So what happened was on November 23rd, the World, World Health Organization had a conversation with Chinese health authorities. And during that conversation, they just said, hey, what's, what's going on in northern China? The Chinese health authorities said, yes, we certainly are having outbreaks of respiratory illnesses, but these are known illnesses. This is, you know, mycoplasma pneumoniae, which is known to cause epidemics every few years. This is RSV, COVID, flu. Uh, and, you know, this is what we're seeing in the first the first time we've lifted our mm. uh, pretty, pretty impressive, maybe that's not the right word, r rather restrictive measures for COVID-19. I'll remind people listening, this time last year, 
our pediatric population was getting pummeled with RSV and influenza. Our pediatric hospitals were overwhelmed as that was one of the, um, uh, you know, it was a, a winter where we had lifted many of our public health measures right. and a lot of kids were seeing these infections for the first time. Do you worry about a global spread of this type of pneumonia? Well, I mean, there are, it, it already exists everywhere around the world. It already does. It has some periodicity. So we know that, you know, every few years we're going to see more of it, but it's already, it's always out there. So, you know, I think th there's several other countries that have this particular type of pneumonia. I think uh, uh, Denmark might be having, uh, they've crossed the threshold to say they're having an epidemic. And, and Northern Europe, for example, had a huge epidemic of this in uh, it was 2010 and 2011. So it's it's something that we've we've been through before. I mean, taking a step back as well, I mean, I'm in the trust but verify camp. I think it's very plausible that this is just, you know, mycoplasma pneumonia and other uh, respiratory viruses like COVID and uh, and flu uh, and RSV circulating in northern China. But I think we still need to be very careful uh, and and still it's important to watch what what is circulating and what's emerging from various parts of the world. We have to keep a close eye on that. Well, and just to, on that point, finally, I mean, what does it say about you have some people who are pushing the panic button, some people who apply that white lung syndrome title to it, whereas you said maybe they don't know what they're talking about. But it speaks to how how we've changed um, since the outbreak yeah. of COVID. I'm glad we're sensitized. I'm glad the world is aware that an infection can ex emerge on one part of the planet and spread to another part of the planet within 24 hours. We need to build robust surveillance networks so that we can detect these and respond quickly. Um, and, you know, I think we're getting there, but there's, there's still a lot of improvement that we need. I said at the beginning that if you aren't sick right now, you probably know somebody who is. There's flu, COVID, RSV, um, all circulating around right now. Yeah. What's going on? I mean, what sort of strain? I happened to be at a hospital uh, on Friday and noticed oh. a number of, well, everything was fine, but noticed a number of people who were there in the emergency department hacking and coughing and wheezing and what have <laughs> yeah. you. What sort of strain is this putting on hospitals right now? Yeah, I mean, our healthcare system from coast to coast is, is, is stretched. We all know that. Anyone who's interacted with the healthcare system knows that. Um, and, you know, pre-pandemic, we would have the exact same conversations every November and December, right? Hallway medicine, uh, long wait times in emergency departments, influenza pushing the healthcare system to the brink. I mean, we saw this year after year after year this time. At November and December. Now, of course, COVID's here. Now, COVID's not nearly as bad as it was compared to the earlier parts of the pandemic, but it's still here and it's still an added pressure to the healthcare system. Um, it's interesting, though, if you look at, for example, influenza or RSV right now, we're seeing what would be expected at this time of year versus uh, at a pre-pandemic time. So, you know, if we're talking 2014 to 2019, we're having about what we would expect to see with influenza mm -hmm. and RSV. That doesn't make it good. That means there's a lot of it around and there's going to be more. And we can take precautions to prevent ourselves from getting sick and getting other people sick. I want to talk about those precautions in a moment. But I heard a conversation last week that the framing of this was interesting because in some ways the guest said that respiratory illness season now is a mix of all of those, those things. It used to be perhaps cold and flu. Now it's cold, flu, COVID, and RSV. Is that a fair way of looking at what we might be dealing with this time next year and the year after that and the year after that? Yes. The only new kid on the block is, is COVID, mm. right? Every year we would have RSV. I mean, that was people might have heard about it for the first time uh, this time last year when our pediatric population was just, it was terrible. 
But, uh, but if you are in a healthcare field, especially if you're a pediatrician or I'd say, you know, someone who works in a hospital caring for adults, we saw RSV all the time in the winter season and it's, it's a well-known cause of illness. Um, so, you know, I appreciate that the general public is, is, is learning more about this. It's important to know because if you know more, you can take steps to, uh, to protect yourself. But really the only new kid on the block is COVID. All the other organisms that we're seeing are, are ones that are well known to us. And, you know, I would even argue now that COVID is well known to us. We've, this is what are we coming into year four? Mm. We know what we, we know how to prevent it. We know how to diagnose it. We know how to treat it. We have, uh, very good tools at our disposal. Always room for improvement, but it's not like, it was in 2020. What is your guidance then, just finally, on things that people might be thinking about? This is the time of the year when everyone's you know, trying to get together um, and see each other, be social. Uh, and at the same time, people are worried about getting ill or getting those who perhaps are more vulnerable, getting them sick. So what should we be thinking about? Absolutely. Simple stuff that we all know, right? Don't go out if you're sick. Keep your kid home from school if they're sick. Easier said than done. But really, it's important to do. You know, be up to date on your vaccines put on a mask if you're feeling unwell. And certainly you can reduce your risk of getting these infections by putting on a mask in an indoor setting. I know we, in the absence of mandates, people can choose to do this. Basic, basic stuff that we've all been through over the last few years. Do you think we're thinking differently about the basic, basic stuff? Again, it sounds, as you said, don't go to school uh, if you're sick, but it's easier said than done. People still drag themselves into work, sneezing and coughing. Have we learned much, do you think? I got to say, that's one of the areas I'm most disappointed with. There was a time, I believe it was in... 2021, where there was such momentum towards simple things like paid sick days, where people could afford to stay home if they were sick, yeah. or they could help their kids uh, stay home. Uh, and, and you know, I think we lost a lot of momentum on that front. Again, I, that's what I alluded to when I said easier said than done, because it, it, some people can stay home and have the luxury of staying home if they're sick. But we know a lot of others can't, and it's not fair. It absolutely isn't fair. And then they go into work, or they send their kids to school, and they get everyone else sick. And, uh, and obviously, that's a huge problem. And that's that's certainly a, a, a massive equity issue. I think uh, we did have some momentum talking about that. It was on every mainstream media outlet for a period of time in the spring of 2021. But we've lost that momentum, and it's disappointing. And to your point, that's not on the individual. That's on, on something larger. Absolutely is. Yeah. Isaac, good to talk to you as always. Thank you very much. Have a great day. And you, Dr. Isaac Bogosh, an infectious disease specialist at the University Health Network in Toronto. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.